Hi there, and uh, thanks for joining us for the fourth Silicon Sasquatch podcast. The, uh, if, in case you're wondering, the third episode is uh, taking a little trip to uh, parts unknown. Maybe you'll see it someday. Um, you can ask Doug about it. In the meantime, uh, I've got with me Aaron Thayer. Hello. Doug Bonham. Right here. Spencer Tordoff. Hey. Yeah. And Tyler Martin. Hey. Today we have a pretty awesome topic. Um, we're talking about what level of concern or awareness or involvement a consumer should have when it comes to video games. Specifically, whether or not gamers should be concerned with buying a game when those when that money will go to support certain causes or policies or whatever. Uh, the, the case in point is um, the recent uh, Xbox Live Arcade title, uh, Shadow Complex, which is the kind of like a spiritual successor to the Super Metroid Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the, the, the Metroidvania uh, subgenre. And basically, despite it, you know, it's gotten rave reviews, I just finished it and had a great time with it, but the game is set in a, in a world uh, that's based off this novel Empire, which is written by Orson Scott Card. You've probably heard of him for writing the Ender's Game books. But some people uh, have wondered if since he's a, a, a very fervent, a very staunch supporter of groups that oppose gay marriage on a national scale, whether or not, if they disagree with that ideology, if, whether or not it's ethical to buy a game where the money goes to directly support him and his causes. So, who wants to start? Well, one of the touchstone pieces that really, I guess, also inspired us to use this as our topic this week was written by Christian Nutt for, of Gaman Sutra, talking about his own um, sort of personal struggle to play the game. He, in the article, says that he's a huge diehard fan of this genre of games, both Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the ones that have come after that that have been inspired by that game, as well as um, Super Metroid. And he really, really wants to play this because it's another excellent example of the genre. If not, in some harsh tones and cynical tones, review-wise, a direct ripoff. Um, that said, why not steal from the best? However, he's also gay and very, very diametrically opposed to Orson Scott personal politics. And Orson, while he's while um, Orson Scott Card is apparently not hands-on, as in part of the development team or doing anything on a day-to-day basis with the developer chair who made the game, he is a uh, one of the right a writer who created the universe that the game is set within, and also is sort of an executive producer on the game. I don't know what his exact title is within it, but that's the sort of role he has in sort of writing the fiction. So it's kind of the discussion whether you it's worth to pay money and have him get money in some way that's less direct than him getting, you know, kickbacks for books, you know, profit for selling books, and whether you want to support a an honest, good-working developer that just happens to be tied in into a story and universe that is very, very opposed to a lot of people's politics. That's kind of the what I found in, the, in, in Christian Nutt's article. The, the kind of the uh, the yin and yang of it is basically Orson Scott Card. Besides being a famous author uh, of science fiction, mostly, he's you know also a very big proponent of opposing gay marriage. In fact, there's a there's a quote mentioned where Orson Scott Card said, "Regardless of law, marriage has only one definition." and any government that attempts to change it is my moral enemy. I will act to destroy that government and bring it down. So he's not exactly the most uh, subtle in expressing his viewpoints. Um, and this is kind of opposed to um, the game's uh, lead developer, uh, Donald Mustard. He's the uh, the head of uh, Chair Entertainment who developed the game. 
he, on the other hand, seemed a lot seemed to, to have very different uh, views on the subject. Well, the thing that I take away from this is that, um, yeah, Orson Scott Card, it's based on his work, and I think people are more or less worried that are they supporting his, like giving him money and supporting his causes that they may not agree with by buying Shadow Complex. And I'm just very glad that this kind of discourse is happening, even if it's something as polarizing as gay marriage, because games are a medium that can do a lot more than films, books, in some cases, you know, not all. There are always going to be the crap releases that we see, but we need to have these kind of adult discussions, and I'm just interested to see how people take this. Is it really boycotting the game because Orson Scott Card is somewhat involved in it? I mean, is that really worth it? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with, with Aaron on this, where I'm just glad that these the medium has evolved to a point where people are seriously considering this kind of discussion. And uh, as as the original article we talked about mentioned, this basically sprung up out of a thread on NeoGAF, and uh, the reactions of some people were pretty wide-ranging, from some people who said, holy crap, it's just a game, or don't judge a picture by its painter, or suggesting, you know, can't we just enjoy games for being games? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're starting to see people really debate this, which gives me the impression that it kind of really is a weighty subject, that there is no real easy answer. I mean, obviously, the gay marriage debate is (laughs) a very convoluted one, Mm -hmm. but as it pertains to, you know, games as a commodity and how they support people and how your purchase decision affects that sort of situation, I think is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of a new thing um, as far as talking about this giant of an issue and who's involved with the development team in the game. And then should you boycott it or not? I mean, this has gone on in many other mediums. You know, just, I guess the whole foods controversy right now is another pretty relevant topic. But, you know, it's not just about gay marriage as far as this. It's, you know, companies will do what they want with your time or your money. And it's your responsibility as the consumer to either accept that or pick a different brand or product. And I personally don't agree with Orson Scott Card's views. I can say that, but... It's just interesting to see people saying, yeah, oh, it's just a game, don't worry about it, get over it, because that's totally immature. But should we just play the game if we enjoy it? Should we, like uh, Christian Nutt suggested, or uh, excuse me, that was a Gay Gamer article that Christian Nutt referenced, should we donate money to a gay charity or foundation if it bothers us that much that um, the game was based on some of Orson Scott Card's principles? Or um, his work and his principles are opposed to your own? I don't know. You know. Going back briefly, could you just give a, a brief explanation of what the Whole Foods uh, debate is? Uh, okay. Well, the problem with Whole Foods, the CEO has just recently come out against um, Obama, President Obama's health care reform and has written a pretty um, scathing, I believe it was in the Washington Post, an op-ed. And um, a lot of people are mad, especially the consumer base of Whole Foods, because they seem to believe that Whole Foods was a liberal organization and that they that the products because they sell tofu and organic food and so on that the customers are very angry at Whole Foods and talking about boycotting it because of the CEO's um, beliefs so that's kind of this it's a little bit more of an extreme example than Shadow Complex but it's the same thing that whoever's involved with the company and their viewpoints are we as consumers responsible for really finding that out and then actually boycotting it if we differ or do we just enjoy something and then try and put our energies elsewhere I think these uh, these two controversies are coming at the same time kind of provide 
interesting uh, opposites, I guess you could say. Because in the one case, there's the game, Shadow Complex, which is made by people whose political views we know, but we don't know for sure. Like, we only know the, the creative director or the creative source that this is being mined from. We don't know what the politics of anybody else. I don't know how big Chair Studios is, but we don't know the politics of anybody else. And, and frankly, it doesn't really matter. And and so in that case, you know, there might only be one person whose beliefs are this, you know, against gay marriage, whereas everybody else on the team might be totally for it. Nobody knows. Whereas um, with Whole Foods, it's a company and a demographic where you would imagine it's very liberal because of the the movement for organic and naturally grown foods. And that's the, the demographic that they sell to, when in actuality their management turns out to be business people, shock and awe. It's uh, very conservative. I shop at Trader Joe's anyway. <laughs> oh, well, Trader Joe's is only owned by a, a German foods conglomerate, so you know it's not like not like we need to feel bad about that one. <laughs> you know the Germans; they make good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love my nuts. Um, <laughs> my God. Uh, the what I was going to say is that uh, really the fact that gaming is having this conversation does kind of mean that it's maturing as a medium, but. As for the question of if we should check, you know, any product we buy, if we think the money is supporting a cause that we don't believe in, people rather ignore that a great deal of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Henry Ford had Nazi sympathies, uh, Volkswagen manufactured vehicles for the Nazi party. I know we're descending into whatever that law is called, but it's, it's fine. Godwin's Law podcast. Yeah, Godwin's Law. <laughs> um, Siemens AG built, you know, ovens for for concentration camps and not a lot of people necessarily look back at those things because they, you know, it's either in the past or they just don't really care to think of it. Yeah. And I mean maybe maybe we will look at it a bit more because games are more of an art form and you you maybe see a little bit more of the message carried through in an art form, but nevertheless people are lazy about it to begin with and uh, turning this game into a catalyst point I, I don't know that it's actually going to remain relevant as that I think that's a good point I think people are extremely lazy too but you know it's kind of a more recent example would be Google opposing Proposition 8 last year California's Proposition 8 but really how many people who are even anti-gay rights probably still use the search engine every day just because it's more convenient or they're just used to it so I think it would be great consumer responsibility if we would uh, support products that we actually believed in the cause. But yeah, it requires, it's almost like being a journalist just for buying a product. Google picks and chooses what uh, topics to get up in arms about based on profitability too. It's like, yeah, they'll support homosexual marriage because that's profitable, but they won't support free speech in China because that's not profitable. Right. I think it's safe to say they were preaching to the choir there with uh, Google since, you know, most of it's... uh employees and supporters are from like you know the san francisco area a pretty uh liberal area so well then even something like levi's it did the same thing it's just the idea that yeah to check all of our products especially in games development teams that um have a lot more people with differing viewpoints maybe there's somebody who has racist tendencies there you can't survey everybody who makes a video game and then decide well okay i guess i won't buy this now the shadow complex one the issue with that is a little bit more direct because the name Orson Scott Card is thrown right in there. And we know directly, we have many quotes from him of how he feels about gay marriage. 
and gay people. That's kind of my thought process with this. I'm a I'm echoing the crowd and glad that this is a discussion we're having in regards to video game. But also my thought is, well, it's easy to boycott one of Orson Scott Card's books because the people directly responsible for the creativity and for creating the fiction in it are him and then maybe an editor or two. Editor or two. Whereas, you know, working on, say, a movie, TV show, or a, uh, a video game, it's a whole team of people. So, you know, where do you draw the line in terms of who do you support and not? You know, do you, how vocal does the person whose creative vision is being made how uh, high profile does that person have to be in order to deem it worthy of boycotting? You know, does it have to be Orson Scott's card's name slapped on this, or does it have to be somebody who's like maybe like Ken Levine, just in that that person in charge of a Bioshock? You know, whether you d- agree or disagree with the politics of that game as well, how directly involved does the person have to be uh, for this to be something that you take a stand against? Additionally, I mean, it's. I would uh, actually kind of compare it to, well, Spore. I mean, nobody I know boycotted Spore Mm -hmm. because Will Wright donated to the Republican Party on a number of occasions. They may have not purchased it because it was not very good. (laughs) Or pirated it. But politics never really came into it. I protested Spore because I advocate creationism. (laughs) That is actually, well, you know, nobody really talked about that either, but I I do approve of that. But, yeah, with, with Will Wright, it just doesn't really come up. Yeah. And because Orson Scott Card has made his views a little bit more apparent, it becomes an issue, just because he's more vocal. Mm-hmm. There's a tiny bit of a difference between supporting the Republican Party and the, uh, vocally saying that homosexuality is wrong and is represents a threat to our country. That is true. That is true. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, we don't know that Will Wright doesn't believe this. It's merely a case of we, we simply don't know. And as a result, there's no no furor, no uproar. Well, it's easy, yeah, to throw, you know, get the village people with the torches against Orson Scott Card because of how galvanizing his <laughs> statements are. Like, <laughs> did you just say? I'm sorry. Did you yeah, just say the the village people intentionally? Actually, no, I didn't. But thank you for pointing that out. I think he meant to go with the villagers. <laughs> However, in this case, yes, it would be the village people with torches. The people of really. the village with their torches <laughs> that reside in that hot village. pants. Yeah, in hot pants. Hey, hey, sir. No, um. Uh, but it's easy, yeah, to to be against the idea of Orson Scott Card because of how his language, like, if you read any of his quotes. But, um, yeah, with Will Wright, I mean, he supports the Republican Party. I know Republicans who aren't, you know, homophobic or are actually support gay marriage. So it's always so varying. But the idea of a boycott of this product... What I'm actually more curious of is why now, after the release, like, did people not know? I knew a long time ago that Orson Scott Card's fiction was involved with Shadow Complex when the game was announced. And But all of a sudden, like, NeoGAF posts a uh, uh, poster, posts a question about it, and then Gamasutra picks it up, which great article. But then it's now a problem? I don't get why. I think Will Wright's a prime example of why this is a ridiculous concept, because... You can't know everyone's opinion. For all you know, that there's someone that hates homosexuals working on every right. game. Period. It's it, the fact that he has that stance. It has nothing to do with the game. It has nothing to do with the story. Nowhere in the story does it talk about homosexuality at all. If you want to protest for any reason, protest it because the universe is ridiculous and talks about a uh, militant progressive left group bombing San Francisco, <laughs> <laughs> which is just completely untrue and on. Un- 
impossibly unfathomable in a uh, situation like that. Like, if this was a real breakaway leftist group, they would be based off of the West Coast, guaranteed. And they wouldn't have as many super suits. If you're a fan of Ender's Game at all, from what I hear, I would just stay as far away from Empire as you possibly can. That's what I've and heard. I can't imagine him expanding on the story of Shadow Complex. The, the game isn't known for being a great story. It's known mm-hmm. that it's bringing something new to Xbox Live Arcade. It's not even like an especially great Metroidvania game. It's just that it's something new and original and people are excited about it. It's, it's good enough. Yeah. I think the thing that I find exciting about Shadow Complex has nothing to do with the story, even the presentation, just that it kind of opens the floodgate for more of these ideas to hit Xbox Live Arcade. And I would love it if the next big thing was Metroidvania games and not twin-stick shooters. Thank you very much, because I would appreciate a lot of those <laughs> as well. Yeah, I would too. I've I've played every Castlevania, every Symphony of the Night clone, except for the most recent one on DS. And um, I think, like what Tyler was saying, uh, Shadow Complex wasn't isn't the best of the breed. It's not even really close to Shadow or Symphony of the Night or Super Metroid, but it it shows that there's still life in that genre, and it shows that there's room for a studio to take a concept like that and really bring it back to life, even if it's just kind of an imitation of its predecessors, and sell it. Um, I don't know about uh, the rest of you, but I've seen a lot of my friends playing this game more than any other summer, summer of arcade title. I've only been able to play through the demo of it, and I guess I might not be able to play through the demo of it again anytime soon, but it looks like... Um I would definitely want to be purchasing it, but now I'm thinking about it a little little bit more. I mean, I would probably still be inclined to purchase it regardless of now after hearing about this just because it's a really good game and I'd like to put the time and investment in it because I would would love to play through another Metroidvania game and don't feel like playing through an emulator of Super Metroid right now. Get a Wii. Yeah, I got that on Virtual Console. (laughs) So we've talked about boycotts in terms of a clear political stance with someone involved, but I don't know. I mean, how about approaching the issue of boycotting video games for features and content and stuff that isn't tied to gay marriage or not or anything else? I mean, where where do we stand? Is that something that's actually relevant? Can we boycott StarCraft Two for not having LAN, or is that just people complaining? I seem to get... It's just people complaining. Yeah. Like The only boycotts we've seen are consumer-related ones, like paying an extra $10 for Call of Duty... Uh, Modern Warfare 2 on the PC, it's just not yeah, even my, newsworthy. My thought is that a boycott has to be something more of an ideological um, statement, rather than like a consumer... Well, boycotts still work on an intimidation or coercion ground. Like, you are trying to boycott something to fulfill an aim that you have. And though, I do think that people can be complaining. Like, I think the Left 4 Dead boycott, the Left 4 Dead 2 boycott, is absolutely asinine. But... Things like StarCraft 2 or Modern Warfare 2, why should consumers, just because we're gamers, sit there and take something that a feature has been taken out or the price has been raised? I mean, it's almost saying that, yeah, it's okay if companies can do whatever they want. Sure, they're a company, they can, but that doesn't mean we have to accept that. My thought process with the StarCraft 2 one is more, okay, we're basing this judgment of whether you want to boycott this product or not off of non-incomplete information. Like, I I haven't heard anything really definitively just have them say, yes, you will not be able to, oh, to no. sit in a room. Yeah, they said that. Have they said that for they sure? They said there was no land. Basically, the the statement they've made is you have to connect through battle, uh, Battle.net to play, and then it'll connect you in the same room. My, my general thought process with this, again, though, is that if I will be a lot more upset if I'm a StarCraft uh, fan 
if it's very prohibitive to get everybody together in a room and play this game because they took out land play, then it would be... Like, if it's really a pain in the ass and laggy as hell to go through Battle.net in the same room instead of just fire up land, but it's not there, then I would be mad. But if it works perfectly fine and works equally as well as a land play, then there shouldn't be any room for complaint at all. Well, the real problem with that is that at some... Actually, many land situations, you won't always have a stable or a stable internet connection or a connection at all. And so that basically means you cannot play StarCraft 2 if you don't have an internet connection live. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the real problem, I think, is that people miss, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago, you would bring your computer somewhere and you'd all set it up on a network and play StarCraft, but... Uh, you can still play single player, can't you? Yeah, offline. But that lo- that loses a lot of the appeal for some people. Yeah, you, d- you don't go play single player StarCraft 2 in mass or single player StarCraft in mass. You play multiplayer. Right. Yeah, I realize that. It's just when you said you won't be able to play StarCraft 2, it's just brings opens that can of worms where it's like uh, you can't install a game if you're not online because you can't activate it. Yeah. It's just all that copy protection bullshit. Well, yeah. the thing that's interesting for the StarCraft 2 issue is that now at uh, BlizzCon, the developers were talking about, I think it was Greg Canessa, was saying that they're working on a LAN-ish solution for Battle.net play that... I, I'm not going to say that they're backtracking because of a bunch of angry minority on the internet, but you know what? If that caused them to maybe reevaluate some of their features, then more power to people who are quote unquote boycotting these games. Because, like I said, I don't personally, I don't use LAN in StarCraft. I have ha- probably haven't played StarCraft in five, six years. I would not care about StarCraft II LAN. But for the people that do, I think that they have their rights to go and complain about the game, even though it may seem like it's being a little bit, you know, babyish about it. I would like to thank Nick very briefly for uh, bringing up my radical ruralist viewpoint uh, <laughs> with regard to StarCraft II. However, what it comes down to for me, uh, compared to the Shadow Complex controversy, is that with regard to games and features and content, gamers will never completely agree on anything. They will absolutely not, because there are so many different camps. You will find people that will refuse to purchase a title based on the most minute details, but with a political issue thrown into the mix, the camps are much larger. And as a result, you see a a far more polarizing, you know, a polarizing split versus where 30,000 angry PC curmudgeons threatened to boycott StarCraft II over, over land play. It's not even near the same scope, just because the, the battlefield is so much bigger. I'm going to take a timeout so I can go sign an online petition and release Yakuza 3 in America. <laughs> Garnet Lee thanks you. I don't think any developer is ever going to admit to an, uh, any sort of protest or petition having any impact on their decisions with the no. game, if only because they don't want to encourage that sort of behavior. If anything, right. they'd look at the boycotts or the petitions online as backing up perhaps market research they've done, where they've gone out to marketing firms and have them pull people. And you know, if it trends to be like that, where you know, where all the marketing research says people want land play, and then they come up and make this announcement, and the real life audience goes, "Yeah, we want land play," then they go, "Maybe okay, we'll put this back in," or it might change their mind possibly. But I don't think it's too influential. I don't, I, as much as NeoGAF likes to think it runs the world, I don't think it does quite that. <laughs> Uh-oh, watch it. They can't touch me. 
No, I guess the thing that kind of um, bothers me a little bit is in what's more accepted that I totally think the Shadow Complex issue has way more of a solid ground in terms of a boycott. I would agree. But the problem is, is that this could be Shadow Complex and Orson Scott Card Connection could just be, let's let's say that hypothetically that it gets blown up into an actual mainstream media thing that, you know, anti-gay uh, author uh, has worked on game and so on and so forth, then all of these groups get involved that really don't know all the facts possibly, and it becomes a huge galvanizing issue. This Probably. Oh, come on. This is, this is going to be covered by Fox <laughs> News. It's not going to be a uh, homophobic author makes a video game. It's going to be video game on Xbox Live hates homosexuals. And they'll call it Mass Effect, too. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about, that Shadow Complex could be, this issue could be taken just because it's talking about um, a possible anti-gay stance, but that's somehow more okay to boycott that product because of that more, quote-unquote, mature or relevant stance. I still... I obviously think it's more important, but complaining about Modern Warfare 2 raising its price $10 on PC and StarCraft 2 not having LAN, those still have relevance to me. I think it's still a consumer action thing. Yeah, they're both they're both you know legitimate concerns. I think for definitely for a larger audience than just a few people. I mean, for the record, I don't think Activision's given any justification for raising the price of Modern Warfare 2 to $60, which you know is the same price as any current gen game, but. PC games have traditionally been $10 cheaper. I think the key difference there is that with a Call of Duty, with StarCraft, with uh, Left 4 Dead, you're all looking at features of the game itself, whereas what you're looking at with Shadow Complex is something ancillary. You're looking at someone behind the game. Someone, not even behind the game, someone behind, behind the game. Like, Orson Scott is so far removed from this game, it's almost a non-issue. It's uh, protesting with your... For, for those other games, like you, you already are voting with your dollars when you go when you choose not to purchase a game. But with if you're choosing not to buy a Shadow Complex, you're not affecting Orson Scott Card really. You're affecting the developers of the game. I, I would I would say that's partially true. You're certainly affecting the developers way more than him because he's already established. He's already got you know money and clout. But Chair is a relative newcomer, and they're the ones who really live and die by the game. Yeah. And, you know, their views, for all we know, have nothing to do with his, or they could match it, but that's kind of, that doesn't really matter, because we're talking about Orson Scott Card here. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, both on Tyler and Nick's comments. Um, yeah, how do we know how involved Orson Scott Card was with the development? Does it really even matter? I mean, how much money is he getting? <clears throat> is he getting residuals from the game? Who knows? But that's that's the thing that we're going to make assumptions, and just people will say, "Oh, Orson Scott Card's involved. I'm not going to buy it." And though that's true, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a 100% clear connection. Do we think this is going to be possibly an issue or something to look out for going forward? I mean, not not in a Shadow Complex specifically, but in other games coming in the future. Uh, what do you mean? Is this something that? Do you think maybe not the mainstream games press because they're too busy posting about cakes? But do you think many other people will be watching to see like if a uh, a developer gets teamed up with a writer or with a producer or somebody who's or somebody comes out and is uh, very very outspoken one way or another? Like, what if somebody is basically like a Dave Jaffe except against uh, gay people or against other you know something else? equally as politically incorrect or politically polarizing. Well, with most media, it's already kind of create a career suicide to be 
anti-anything. I mean, people don't support any sort of discrimination in any sort of media these days. It's, Orson Scott Card is an anomaly. You can't get away with that sort of thing in most media. Well, I would I would argue that the last place you could get away with it is being against uh, gay rights or gay marriage specifically, but that's another topic for another time. I don't know. I would, al- I would also point out that in this case, well, there is, you know, a vocal opponent of a political issue at the, you know, behind the scenes in this game. The game itself, I mean, it's got a bit of a political message. I mean, the summary of Empire does say, you know, radical leftist army, etc., etc., but it's not really the core focus of the game. Right. And I think it's kind of inevitable. As games move into more controversial topics, they become more relevant to, you know, the news and the ideals of the day, then maybe maybe we will begin to see boycotts based on actual game content. Whereas in this case, it's just because somebody is involved. I'm surprised Naughty Dog isn't boycotting the game for blatantly ripping off Nathan Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Including down to the half-tuck, right? And the voice And actor. the voice. Oh, Jesus. How do you think the uh, response from the, the core audience, I guess, the people who would be listening to this and people who would be even on Gaff, how do you think the... Have your opinions changed now that you've seen people taking this as more than just a video game in terms of talking about Shadow Complex in the case when something more gratuitous or more uh, interesting in terms of being conflicted, more, um, you know, as polarizing as sex or violence has been in the past, but more um, mature in terms of coming out in content in the games? Like, if there is another big event where, like, a hot coffee or, like, Mass Effects scenes... Uh, but something that's more, less just straight titillating like violence or sex would be. Do you think that the reaction of the Koreans is different now based off of what you've seen with uh, how the reaction to Shadow Complex is? The difference is with the games that you listed, those are content in the game. Right. <laughs> Whereas this is not. Like, when I heard the news about this, I probably spent about a second thinking, oh, that's weird. And then I kept reading about the actual game. Well, what I'm saying is, what do you think the response will be based off of seeing the audience sort of mature a little bit in terms of saying, well, it's just a video game or whatever? So you're kind of asking if, like, if the audience's reaction is changing over time? Like, if yeah, do you think um, do you think we're maturing? Do you think that we'll? I think the internet something? likes outrage for the sake of outrage. Well, if you read a lot of the responses on the original NeoGaf post, and a lot of it is, oh, it's just a game, get over it. I'm not saying that that's the whole audience, but right. I personally. Uh, thought twice maybe about Shadow Complex after I heard this, but I'm well. That was way back when the game was announced. When they mentioned Orson Scott Card, I was like, oh yeah, he doesn't like gay people. But then I was interested in the game for the gameplay, and I was interested in the game. Um, interested in the game because it has interesting gameplay. I tried the trial, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. And you know what, Christian Nutt. He has a lot of good points in his opinion article, and then the uh, Gay Gamer article is right. If I am really that bothered by it, about Orson Scott Card being involved in this game, then I should donate money to a gay-friendly charity. I should donate time to that. If that's my ideology that is being pulled into question here by a game, then I should do something to combat that and just play the game because it's fun. I, I think that's I'm, I think it's really heartening to see those kind of responses where people are saying, okay... You know, we can debate endlessly whether or not, you know, the minutia of just how much of an impact and just how much of a financial gain this person will get from Shadow Complex, for example. But the idea of, you know, becoming involved in the uh, the ethics and politics of what your your actions as a consumer, I think that's really good to see that kind of discussion when it comes to games. I mean, 
it's been debated ceaselessly in books and other media, but I'm glad to see that people are taking this seriously too, because I think it is a legitimate issue. Uh, I would like to maybe frame it a little bit differently. Um, at the end of the day, every dollar that you spend, some of it is probably going to end up in the hands of a homophobe. Someone, uh, some of it's going to end up in the hands of somebody who's for gay rights. You can, you can basically, practically split it down by the demographics. However, the fact that this is being discussed means that, like the people who are gamers, the medium of gaming is maturing, and maybe eventually we will see more touchy topics, more relevant topics covered, and we'll you know we'll see reactions based on that. But at the end of the day, your money is in fact going everywhere, so you you should really just be involved in the things you believe in to begin with, and not count on a corporation to do the monetization for you, or get outraged when it's not doing the monetization that you, you had hoped for. You have to be actually involved in, in your own beliefs. Or to automatically do the right thing for you, just because you believe exactly. it's Exactly. Absolutely. There's, every company is not Google. Every company is going to do things to make money. I mean, well, Google's doing things to make money as <laughs> e- well. Even so, then, even then, the sad truth of capitalism and of anything that isn't a non-profit organization is that they are mandated to make a profit. That is what it comes down to. And if you're, even if you have the best intentions or are willing to waste a lot of money as a company on something that seems like a great idea or is a great idea, your, your shareholders can throw you out because they have a responsibility to make the most money from them. And you have the responsibility to make them the most money. So it's just the sad tale of it, and you have to be sure to know what you're supporting in a lot of cases. If I were to distill it down to just, just kind of a core idea, don't count on don't count on capitalism to do anything but be capitalism. If, there, if you believe in something, take care of it yourself. Well, I think this is uh, easily the best discussion we've had so far, so... Thanks, everybody, for coming on once again. It's good to have the whole group back. Oh, yeah. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we will uh, see you next time.